0: A few months ago in a serendipitous encounter, I chanced upon a captivating podcast, The Engaging Voice with Tara B. Tara Brisky is an outstanding voice teacher, a coach, and extraordinary singer. She exudes both modesty and warmth with a deep-seated passion for assisting singers in reaching their utmost potential. Since our first conversation, I've affectionately called her mama because she truly deserves that title. In this episode, I had a great conversation with Mama Tara Bursky about unleashing the power of the female voice. We did experience some small issues with our network connection, but I assure you, the conversation is still worth listening to. So. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here is the wonderful Tara Brisky. Welcome to another episode of the Making Musical Quantum Labs podcast.
1: Well, first of all, I'm Tara Brisky, <laughs> and uh, which my last name does not look we pronounce it different than it I looks, totally, but
0: I totally avoid pronouncing that name. Yeah. I didn't know how...
1: It's <laughs> okay.
0: Well, I do know. So it's... it's brisky, right?
1: Brisky. Yeah, it's it's german in background so i don't know what they were thinking but anyway (laughs) um but yes and i have i've grown up i live in minnesota in the united states and um i've grown up in a really musical family i'm the youngest of three children and we my whole family started singing together uh when i was about well i should say we started singing publicly together when I was about six years old. My dad is a pastor and so we were singing at uh, tiny churches throughout Minnesota and a little bit of Ontario, Canada, because that's just right above us, um, above our state. Anyway, um, and so I've always had just a really huge love for music and singing and went to college for it um, and got interested in teaching in college. Although when I was a young girl, I did. It's funny. I used to play school like I was the teacher. So, so somewhere back there, I think God was preparing me. And um, so I started teaching voice. I wasn't even out of college yet, but I started with my first students uh, a long time ago. <laughs> uh, it's over thirty years ago now. That's crazy. I can say that. But um, thirty years ago. Yeah.
0: That's, that's, that's huge. That's huge. Wow. wow right. Wow. Go on,
1: go on. So yeah, so and I've been singing and performing through the years and been teaching really all, all through the last 30 years, um, or 30 something anyway. And I've really and I started this pod, I started my own podcast, I should say, about five years ago, but I just have had that desire to help other singers and just to help them to see the beauty in their own voices and i had i've had voice teachers and i even currently have a voice teacher right now who um i've really had great teachers that have encouraged me but have given me some really great technique um, and the tools to be able to excuse me um just sing with freedom with confidence um and and actually learn to like my own voice and but it's it's set and it's also helped me to be able to sing healthy for this long my my first teacher said to me that she called herself a voice preserver Mm. and i i think it was because she wanted us to make sure we could all sing our whole life yes you know because you can
0: (laughs) yeah I, I, I see I see the way people sing, and I tell them, the way you sing sounds, because I always I always tell students that the end point of singing should be, you should be able to sing beautifully, conveniently, yes. and the way you're singing should um, ensure longevity, like you should be able to sing for long throughout your life. So you yes. might sound beautiful, and people just love the way you sound, but how healthy is it? How long can you sing that way? People would yes. only love you for they, can, they, they would love you for the way you sound. The, you might sound strain and that might be what people like about your singing, but how long can you sing that way? And <laughs> yes. to, how long can you sing that way? Truly, vocal coaches should also be called vocal preservers, just like your vocal coach said. We should mm-hmm. be able to teach students to sing throughout their lives. Not just yes. while well, they're energetic and oh, I'm talking too much. Let's go on. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Let's go on.
1: Let's yeah. See. So, I, yeah, would you have a question you want to ask in particular? Yes. 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 So, I've been doing a lot
0: of teaching um, on my podcast, a lot of stuff on my podcast. And I noticed mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of male, 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 male. And I think some female students would not be able to relate so i said okay how about i get a female voice teacher so they can actually relate <laughs> yes so that they can actually relate because i'm always talking and if, I'm, if i should give an example i always want to give the male examples and all that so what, yes what what are some key physiological and anatomical <laughs> Anatomical differences between male and female voices that contribute to their distinct qualities. What are the differences between our vocal organs, our vocal instruments?
1: Well, first of all, the the vocal cords themselves, um, as far as the the size of them, we can compare a male voice about the size of a nickel. And a female voice, now this would be an American money, obviously, but female voice the size of a dime, which is quite a bit smaller. And the, the point being that, of course, with male voices, the vocal cords are actually bigger. They have more mass to them. So they're going to produce a different sound, just like if you had, um, you know, if you think of instruments, well, a tuba is going to sound very different than a flute. <laughs> by by the sheer you know the bigness of it the mass yep and then also um in that just not only the vocal folds themselves but with men men have the development around their vocal folds where it's really becomes the adam's apple if you see on their neck that's very normal and women don't so and and part of that again is how it's housing the vocal cords or the vocal folds they're kind of interchangeable but so and also with men and women normally you know the the vocal tract for men again might be a little bit longer or a little bit wider because you just think of even body size differences um, of men and women now obviously we have all kinds of people are all different you know heights shapes, sizes but Men by nature tend to have even a more space, like a a chest cavity that could have, is maybe a little bit bigger with a little more muscle. And so the power behind the voice, as far as the breath, the resonance of how you're getting a sound can be different than females, just by the very body structure that we have. Um, And I also, women's voices, of course, are a higher frequency that they are vibrating at. I think I wrote down here the the average male voice vibrates from like 60 to 180 Hertz. And for females, it's 160 to 300 Hertz. And so when we're even talking about, you know, obviously women having higher voices than men's voices, although, Tenors, you know, in, in men's voices can be quite high, and some females have lower voices. But it's still the vibrating, the vibration of the pitch itself. It's different, and so because of even the different vibrations, it's a little bit different timbre of the sound coming out, and even the way sometimes the breath is utilized to vibrate something. If you think of how you're using breath, could be a little bit different
0: due to all these um, peculiarities. The female voice. Is there any challenge that is peculiar to females that is not found in male voices? Are there peculiar challenges female voices face that male voices do not?
1: I think just projection. Now, not that females can't sing loud (laughs) or get their voice out there. I mean, even if you listen to operatic singers, they're usually pretty big voices. But I do think sometimes it's more of not so much a Physiological, but a mindset of of women uh, being feeling that they need to somehow be quieter. At least oh. I've I've come I've come across that with women teaching sometimes where they think they're singing loud, yeah. and they're not even they're not even utilizing their whole voice. It's yeah. it's almost like a, a holding back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense, <laughs> it, it makes and it's so much sense. It makes so much sense because I've
0: come across students that way too. They think they are so loud, but they're actually they are not as loud as
1: yes. They are. And and I think they're scared a lot of times. Yes, there's a, a yes. like a sense of oh, I don't I don't want to be too loud.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly what a student told me. Like I don't want to be too loud. I'm too. They say I'm too loud. I don't want to be too loud. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. I also think worship that, I, at least from women that I've taught, but even um, other women I've talked to, that sometimes I think they feel like their voice should somehow be lower. Like they, I've had women say, "Well, can't I get my voice, you know, much lower? Can I talk in my low end?" Or they talk too low for their voice. And again, to me, now this might be something. To more um, the United States I really don't know but I think of radio and TV has praised voices yes. that are lower even in female voices Yes, yes. and so I f- sometimes I feel like women want that and I think no talk in the voice whatever you know if that's here then talk there if that's your natural voice it's gonna be the, the easiest for it whatever range, you know, God has made you. <laughs> and, but I do think that is a challenge more for women than I've seen in the men that I've taught.
0: You see, there's this, I think um, society too has, um, it's partly society, because yes, you see, you see people appreciate women with lower voices, and yes. men with high-pitched voices, so they hear yes. a guy sings with uh, with a really pitch voice and they're like wow that's extraordinary and beautiful then they listen to a lady that sings really low and they're like wow she's singing so well how can a lady sing so females feel like it's better to sing low than actually sing high because everybody yes everybody assumes all ladies should sing high so it's nothing special so i think there's this intentionally intentional you see sopranos trying to sound like mezzos or altos and I'm like
1: why yes why
0: would you want to do that just soar you're a soprano soar then you yes. can try to sound as thick and as low as altos and it's just it's 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 out of place it's out. so it makes so much sense
1: yeah sense.
0: I want to ask another question so sure um, are there any specific vocal techniques or exercises you find Particularly, particularly effective in helping those female singers like that have these challenges. Oh,
1: yes. To answer your question, um, I would say, and and actually, to be honest, I use these exercises with male voices as well, okay. but I do, I do just want to talk a little bit about the S O V T, semi occluded okay. vocal okay. tract exercise. Yeah. And what that just means is it just means partially closed. When we talk about occluded, if, if people are listening, they're going, what is that? Um, so it means that your mouth is somewhat closed. And so it's allowing some back pressure of the air that you send out. It's allowing it to go and kind of almost like stabilize. And so it's very easy for your voice. And also with the SOVTs, and I'll give you examples like a... where you're just doing a Z sound mm-hmm. and, um, it's like a buzzing, but all of those also are really, really stitched your breath and to make breath. It takes a lot of breath or that, you know, on a, on a lip buzz. And I think for women, well, men too, but just, uh, that's a huge, part of, I think, just um, helping people get stronger and confident, as they sing. And then the other thing that I like to do is with slides, any kind of slides like, ooh, or ooh, because that tends to help people um, just with their range, you know, as they're going from low to high or high to low to where those points in our voice that usually we might call them breaks or maybe. Yeah, which is our passaggio area. It just means there's some shifting happening. But to let that be smooth, slides I do all the time with people. And sometimes I'll stop, start, sorry, I'll start from the, the top and go down. Yeah. Ooh, because that's a little easier for people to kind of find it in that mm, that kind of hummier feel. Yes. But I, I really think for, you know, I'm always trying to with, with women, and like I say, men too, but just trying to get them comfortable with understanding they do need a certain amount of breath support Mm. when they're singing. And then to, and to then find that freedom so that they're not afraid of, well, I don't want to sing in that voice up there, or it's harder for me to sing, you know, really low or whatever that is, um, to let them know they have access to all parts of their voice when they're singing
0: well thank you so much that it, it covers both range and and helping them pass through their breaks but i noticed um, females seldom have issues with breaks breaks are more prominent in male voices there's more breaks in male voices than female voices
1: well it's there's both there's two in both like two breaks in both male and female however you're right that for men when they're uh when you're going from your more, I guess I'd call chestier or your low, very low end to the headier. To me, it's a little more pronounced. And some of that, just think about the fact that when people go through puberty, yeah. and so men's voices are changing and, and women's or girls' voices are changing. Girls don't change as much. They do change. They still get a little lower than when they're a little child. Yeah. Um, but the male voice, of course, changes much more. It's much bigger same like, yeah, for guys that will tend to struggle more with that first, what we call that passaggio area. For women, we still have it. But I think sometimes people struggle more with kind of the second one when they're going really high that that tends to be a harder place for women. And we have a, a longer uh, range of notes that are in our what we call kind of that middle or mixed voice and for men you tend to have a shorter range of that middle and yes. then you go immediately into that kind of upper voice and yeah and then you can sort cuz you have falsetto too <laughs> well wow. So, wow, like, yeah that's that's it's, you,
0: as you keep talking it's just i'm just it's just painting pictures in my mind because i've been having yeah. a lot of contemplation on all those issues and i'm like is it is it is it like men have more chest than females have more head that men have more and females have more mix and and just answered that question
1: just right now so yeah yeah there is because even if I said it like if I was gonna go like on a piano and say from the notes um, like from a C I don't know if it's a C 4 to a C 5 I think but it's like middle C on a piano (laughs) to the to the next C that's usually for a women that can all be mixed and usually for men maybe half of those notes it's in that mixed voice and then there are you know you're already changing then to the next upper but as i mentioned when you are when you guys are able to sing falsetto you've got even a long range of falsetto and women don't they when they get that high they usually call it more of a whistle register and not many women can even hit that so
0: in the context of contemporary and commercial music What are some stylistic elements or techniques that can enhance the expressiveness and power of female voice? A lot of females have have classical backgrounds. So they sing with this backward placement. And some of them would want to venture into contemporary singing because contemporary singing like gospel and all that. So what are some of the stylistic elements and techniques that can enhance their expressiveness and just showcase beauty? the power in the
1: female voice well it's interesting when you're asking that question because i actually i come from a background where i was more singing in that contemporary genre first but then went to college and studied in the classical Classical. (laughs) and 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 utilized both um i do think for even this is actually true of whatever style is if you have um, the, the, first of all, just the breath support, like we were talking about, but resonance is also something that gives power to your voice and resonance is that ability. So that when like the sound of the voice, when it comes out, your vocal tract, which is your neck, your mouth, um, it even reverberates a little bit, you know, in your nasal passages, <laughs> all that sound. If, we, if it's very resonant, no matter if it's in like more of a head voice or a chest voice, that's what's going to give power to a sound. So again, having just starting from this technique, it's not so much about focusing on the back of your throat, but it is focusing on like all the sound, you know, filling up that whole space, whatever space you have, <laughs> um, that's going to give you a foundation of Sound, Just that resonance. Because some people, I've noticed, even when they get into contemporary styles, they start getting either too nasal. Yes. Or or they, you know, where it kind of almost, it's not like that, but it's like, it sounds pinched. Yeah. And, or their larynx starts coming up. And again, we're trying to first find everything relaxed. But then, of course, the breath also is part of that power. And the breath is the thing that allows us, as you know, to go uh get louder softer yeah. like even to sing quiet is actually not easy to have yeah. energy like if i was even going to talk quiet or sing very or quiet and I st- yes and so that is what actually allows us to be expressive but i do think for people if they have come from a traditional classical background maybe they find that style of like you say more gospel I think of it then more of just starting low like in their lower and in their speaking voice yeah. cuz most people still speak lower right yes yes, yes. and cuz like I don't I don't talk here <laughs> even though I sing here <laughs> you know you a people that
0: sing up there that's right up, up there. but they
1: right but they don't talk super super high wherever they yeah. talk that che- that vibration we feel here in our chest that's where you know, if you can just start having people talk through something, like if they're singing, you know, like uh, "Nobody knows the trouble I've seen," and they sing, you know, they say "Nobody knows, nobody knows, nobody knows." Just saying it, sing, I say, say it. sing.
0: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: that's that. Thank you so much. I, I, as you keep talking, I'm just picturing a particular student. I hope she listens to this. This is just this <laughs> <laughs> just medicine into that's her. Yes. So, um, let's talk about vocal health. Vocal health. Okay. Lots of ladies have issues with their vocal health. How do you approach this topic of vocal health and with your female students? Are there any specific situations they should keep in mind?
1: Well, and I think of this as true um, male or female, I'm going to say it, honestly. Yeah. Because to me, it's just taking care of the voice, but, and I'm sure you know all this stuff, but just the things I have found that I kind of reiterate with my students is, you know, making sure, um, are they actually getting a good night's sleep? Because sleep is actually huge for everything working well, <laughs> you know, in just our physical body yes. and the voice is physical. So, um, but of course, just finding, you know, paying attention to how does your voice feel after you've sung for a while. Are you finding out does it feel tired? Does it feel scratchy? Does it feel pretty good? Because if you if your voice starts to feel tired or scratchy, that's telling you that there's probably some something you're doing, you may not know what it is, but something that is maybe creating some tension in your voice, or just it's whatever it is, it's it's making your voice more tired than it needs to be. And so, really paying attention um, to that, paying attention to the flexibility of your voice. If you find that maybe, and I find this in older singers at times, if they've done singing for a while or come back to it, they feel like their flexibility has has gotten really bad. Right. But if you think about our body, you know, and the flexibility, like if I raise my arm, yeah. you know, and as people get older, that can be harder to do too, or you yeah. know, twisting it. So. We wanna make sure that that is still very flexible and there's exercises you can do for that, but that's kind of a, a test too of am I taking care of my voice well if there's still some flexibility in it? Mm-hmm. Just like your body. Um another thing would be just simply it's obviously staying hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> like not not just taking water before you sing, but just as much water as you can get in your body all the time. Yes, as possible. Um, and I think also just talking in your range, because, you know, before I was saying how like females sometimes feel like they should be talking down here. Now, if I talk down here all the time, I'm going to fry my voice. Yes. And it's not going to stay healthy. I need to talk in the range. I should. Um, but I think I think those are the things that are really um, wise just to, to take care of your of your voice in general, I, I often
0: i tell i tell students it comes to issues with vocal health. I tell them okay. are there any misconceptions or myths surrounding the female voice that you frequently encounter, and how do you address them with your students?
1: Yes, <laughs> one one main one that I have seen, and I'd say this has been more in the last 15 years versus when I first started teaching. But it is it is especially singing in pop music, pop music of today, popular music, contemporary music. I I feel like women, especially younger girls, teenagers, they feel like they have to sing. So like, so big, like with this huge voice. Yes. And um, and I would compare that to maybe like here, like in Aretha Franklin or Whitney Houston. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, they had big voices and they were beautiful. But for a lot of girls, it, it's like they have to just um, belt everything.
0: Pressure. Yes, they are under so much pressure to belt and.
1: Yes. Oh. And just and constant and and shows and I'll admit, I do watch shows like American Idol and The Voice. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoy watching. However, when people are on those shows at the end, even they might sing, you know, maybe six songs in a night. Yeah. But that's so different than having to like be in a theatrical production where it's two oh. hours or a concert that's two hours. And so they can't keep that up, that belting style in that way because it makes them hoarse, it makes their voice tired. Yes. And, and that's probably the, the biggest thing I see. And I think it's a myth because also not everybody needs to have that big of a voice. Like there's beauty in whatever voice you possess, if it's simple and quiet or just sweet or pure, it's fine. It's oh. beautiful. So, <laughs> you know, oh. so I
0: Oh, sorry, I was just I am just so excited. Like I'm so happy you're saying this because like I would say it in Nigeria or let me say Africa. Have you listened yes. to singers from I, I think you should after this spot, listen to gospel singers from Nigeria especially, especially the female. Okay. You notice everybody is about a belt. Every singer, every singer wants to belt, just want to growl and belt. And they're putting other upcoming vocalists under pressure because now um people I don't know, but I think it's based on the audience. Maybe they feel the audience would not be moved or the audience would not be blessed if they do not right. sound, if they do not have that big and powerful voice. But it's, it's it's really a myth that should be canceled. It's really a myth. So how do you address this with your students? Because I, I really, I really want them to hear this. How do you address this?
1: Well, The thing that usually uh, that i've tried to do with them is just first of all to get exercises to even hear what it like what is their natural voice Mm. what actually feels the most normal for them because i always i think if like let's say that they don't have that really big voice to begin with i don't have a cranking voice like i have Mm. i have what would be more of a um a lyrical voice. And that's fine. That's the way God's made me. But you know, what I try to do is just, I will choose music sometimes purposefully. Mm. That is not the kind that belts. I might choose something like a simple folk song or something with a limited range so that we can just help them to hear Mm. what is just this natural voice sound like, and then get them to feel it. Like, how do they feel when they're singing it? Because I think with that pressure, they're so used to everything having to be belted and it's even like so much energy and then their voice feels tired. And I want them to see what it feels like to not have a tired voice Mm. or to make, um, sound, you know, that is unique to them. Cause that's the other thing where I'm trying to always help them find, Their voice is absolutely unique, just like our fingerprints. So the more that they can sound like themselves, and maybe that does mean they belt at times, you know, but maybe not for everything. And I I, I try to help them too to say, you know, how do you talk to somebody? Do you talk to somebody in a really loud voice all the time? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, sometimes we do when we're we're excited or, no, I mean, It should be sometimes like
0: it should be like communication and I keep telling people you don't shout every time it's, it's it should be all shades of different colors yeah sometimes yes. just whisper something you are like yes hey, uh, so I'm trying to say something really intimate I should sound yes really intimate with my voice not all oh, growly and belty so this singing should be about communication so do you shout at people every time do you go do you, hey hey it's it doesn't right. make sense? So wow. Please go on, go yes. on, go on. Yeah. It's 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 <laughs> it's, it's,
1: oh, it's wow. but it you know, it is I will say it is kind of helping them uh, find a mind a mindset shift mm-hmm. because sometimes it's trying to show them the beauty in their own voice in this like quieter way. And again, it might be that maybe we do talk to them about how would you sing this to holding a little baby? Mm. You know, you wouldn't shout at them. (laughs) (laughs) And so just helping them to think, like you said, the different colors, colors of their voice.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is so much, our time is almost gone. So I'm going to to do something. (laughs) I'm going to compress all these questions and just see how we can answer them all at once. Okay. Now, okay you've spoken a little about resonance and breath support so mm-hmm. i'm not going to talk about that i'm just going to um okay how to build confidence in female singers because females i don't know they get intimidated when they meet guys that can actually sing when they meet men that can yeah when they are in the midst of men that can actually sing so you hear a guy does something with his voice it's not as pitched as just because it's a guy so it sounds really high pitched because he's putting so much support and there's so much volume then you ask this lady sing it she's like no it's too high come on how can a guy sing <laughs> but there's this intimidation and all that so how do you um inspire confidence in female singers that feel they do, they do not just trust your voice, probably because they hear a guy who can really do things that they expect only ladies to be able to do. That's one. Let me compress it all together. We've spoken about vocal health already, so I'm not going to ask that. Then share any success stories or memorable experience of any female singer you've coached that overcame specific vocal hurdles and achieved notable growth in their abilities. This, this, is, like, this is what vocal coaches live for. Just, yeah. You're able, yeah that's <laughs> what we live for that's what we live for you're able to just teach and be understand and yes so much growth and impact so i think that be-
1: I, I i can yes let me address so just the first thing about uh if confidence. if women feel yeah confidence again trying to let them know like if we think of an orchestra we think of a band There are instruments that are higher. There are instruments that are lower. They have their own beautiful, unique sound. If I hear a flute played or a saxophone, that's going to sound different, you know, than a bass guitar um, or drums. (laughs) And so there is beauty in every single timbre, like tone of voice. And and they all fit together, too. Like if you hear a whole band together, each instrument's doing its part. You hear a whole choir together. Each vocalist is doing their part so it Mm. sounds beautiful Beautiful. so yeah so trying to help them understand that and honestly just personally when i teach one thing that i've always done as a voice teacher i had it modeled to me from my own teachers and my own mother too because my mother was a piano teacher Oh, Um, (laughs) yeah but but it is to find when i listen to them sing, always i'm listening for something that they already do well Mm. And I start with that point. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't deal with some things that are harder for them, but to find the piece that is already good and to let them know, this sounds great. I'm so Mm. glad you're doing this already. And then build on it. Mm. Because to me that that's letting them know, hey, I'm okay for one thing, you know, and then they can become more and more confident the more skills they have. And I'll just give you an example actually now of two people. So I had one girl, she was 13 when she came to me and I had already had her older sister and her older sister had a, quite a beautiful voice. Mm. And um, so I don't know if, you know, she would compare herself to her sister, I don't know. But when she first came, she sounded, her voice sounded a little bit harsh and not, not actually very pretty at the beginning. She studied with me for five years. She worked very hard. She practiced, she was willing to learn and her voice developed where she had more confidence. She had more freedom and she sounded so beautiful. She had so much more resonance through the years. And by the time she graduated from high school, she actually got a voice, one little one a story. And then let me just share one other quick one too. Um, I had an older lady who was around 74, 75 when she started with me. And she just said she wanted to learn more. And her voice in about seven years, not only got stronger, cause you know, as people age, you'd think it might get weaker. Her voice got stronger. Um, she felt more confident and she ended up recording two albums to, give to her family of her singing
0: <laughs> that's really amazing i've had so much this this podcast has really been amazing it's, I, i'm getting emotional already <laughs> it's, okay it's been it's been amazing thank you so much we're gonna it's talk- my pleasure We're i really enjoy talking with beautiful minds like you thank you so much okay so um i'm going to stop here okay one more word before we yes. end the podcast. just say something to a vocalist out there female that is walking on her voice and is probably um, getting frustrated and tired already so just a word of encouragement and that will be what we'll end this podcast with
1: okay if you are someone a female who is singing and maybe you're maybe you don't really love your voice yet maybe you're feeling frustrated because you have certain things that they just keep staying the same and you can't get past something. Please, please know. First of all, your voice is beautiful to begin with. You are a gift of God. He has created you with a certain voice that he's given you. And we can always learn and we will and continue to improve um, and just keep going because Singing is a lifelong thing, and it's also a lifelong learning process. Yes. I'm still learning, others are still learning, and it's so good, and do not give up hope, of and, and try to enjoy the things of your voice that you already know you can do, and just keep going forward from there.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Okay, that'll be all. You're welcome. I say thank you. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much, Mama.
1: Can, can I have a question, just quick question for you, okay, okay. because and this is a, a Nigerian question, I think okay, okay. when you, when you say mama, is that a, a sign of respect there? Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. I, I ask this because when my mother was. Uh, she was in a nursing home this last year. She passed away, actually. Oh. But she, when she was in this nursing home, there was a couple of people that were from Nigeria, and they yeah. would call her Mama. <laughs> and I didn't know why. I, I thought, I, I thought it was sweet. But I, I thought, because I, I called her Mama, because she's my mom. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's, I,
0: it's totally a Nigerian thing. call people Mama. I like it. We them. We call people Papa. Yeah.
1: So we're like, oh Hop. i i <laughs> like that yeah, i, I just i had to ask <laughs> it's so i like it
0: nigerian it's so a nigerian thing
1: that's thank wonderful thank you so much for, i really you're welcome worship
0: love this episode of the quantum lives podcast head over to spotify Podbin. Google Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you.